Welcome to Parents on Pitches podcast. My name's Damien. I'm Andy. I'm Matt. And I'm Sam. And each and every week, what we do is we take a film from a popular streaming network like uh, Netflix, Amazon Prime, we've got some YouTube coming, uh, Disney Plus, and we all watch it, take our notes, we come in here and we discuss what we thought about it. A whole point of this podcast is like the four of us. We know that there are lots of busy parents out there who've got loads to do and with the sheer volume that is being put on these streaming platforms it is nigh impossible to get through everything and we want to try and help you navigate that arena so that's why we're doing what we're doing now we've got a very special announcement this week if you were listening to uh last week's episodes you will now know that we are no longer just andy and i we've got the amazing matt and sam here with us and they have very graciously uh, taking it upon themselves to agree to become full-time hosts, whatever the heck that means in the podcasting world. Uh, so I, I want to say a massive thank you because Andy and I were talking about how much we enjoyed the episode we did together. And we're just really grateful that you guys have said yes to coming on as hosts with us. So thank you very much. Absolutely. Thank you for having us. It's, it's, a, it's good fun. Great fun. Any excuse to watch some more movies, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, this week, um, much like uh, every single episode, we're going to take it in turns to pick a film. And this episode, we are taking Netflix original Marriage Story, which was Matt's pick. So, Matt, why don't you tell us a bit about the plot of Marriage Story? Uh, so, Marriage Story is directed by Noah Bambach. Oh, dear. I struggle pronouncing this last name. Bambach? I found back, I think, yeah. Found back, uh, starring Adam Driver and Scarlett Hansen. Uh, we're dropped in at the beginning of the story. They're they're going through a a some marital problems and going through a divorce. And when we follow them through that path, it's uh, the music's done by um, Randy Newman, and um, it's it's an interesting film. What do you guys uh, nice and what do you all think? <laughs> Indeed, so for a bit of a laugh. <laughs> mm. Yeah, we, we like to keep things positive on this podcast. Um, now, I'm, I'm going to kick off by saying that this, for me, this, when it first came onto Netflix, was something that sat on my to-watch list um, for a little while. Obviously, taking into account that it's not been on Netflix for a huge amount of time. The moment it came on, it looked like something that I would really want to watch personally and so I instantly threw it on my watch list because it felt like it was going to be one of those uh, character driven pieces which I personally really appreciate don't get me wrong I really love your blockbuster stuff um, but it, I, I felt with Noah Bombach as well that this was going to be something a bit special. What gave you that impression Damien? Well for me it was Scarlett Johansson for starters playing because she's done a lot of superhero stuff recently but we know that she can act yeah. uh, I'm not saying that she doesn't act in her superhero stuff you can hear the dogs can't you chewy socks no yeah. it's not the dogs I'm laughing at the fact you said that we she we, does kind of act in the superhero she does act. <laughs> you, know, you act as much as you can in those marvel driven uh, pieces because we we know that the the Marvel, the studio, 
and Disney has a massive uh, say in how things are done. I mean, they have lost directors left, right and center over creative differences. So we know that they manage very carefully how things are done. And I would imagine that that will knock on to the performances given by an actor as well in a big way. So I was actually really excited to see something like this because from Scarlett Hansen's earlier career, and I'm thinking uh, match point, specifically was something that I watched years ago and I thought again was really well acted um I was looking forward to watching Scarlett Johansson do something different to what she's done recently but not only that Adam Driver's another one of those where he he's had a career but then Star Wars thrust him straight into the public's eye and in my opinion he's not really had a great much to do with Kylo Ren because for me and I'm sorry, Star Wars fans, of which I, I, I am one myself, Kylo Ren was basically one step away from an angsty teenager. In fact, mm. when he first took his helmet off in the very first, um, the very first Star Wars, in the very first Star Wars with Kylo Ren in it, I almost laughed because he was a long-haired, um, kind of like almost teenager-type character. So I was seriously looking forward to these two now mainstream actors getting back to something that really showcased their ability and their talent. So that's for me why I was drawn to it. No, I, um, I, I, I was going to say after you go on, 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 on the, I guess on the topic of Scarlett Johansson, I think she, she can be quite divisive in a sense that mm -hmm. she is so, she's so famous and she's so much of a kind of a, I guess a brand that, it feels like a lot, there are a lot of films that she does where so many other people could be cast. Or, and I know there's a lot of controversy about parts that she's done that have been whitewashed, so say. Mm -hmm. um, and I did find that this in this film, I felt like it was the role for her. It wasn't just she was brought in because of her star power, because you know she would bring people into the um, you know the box office. It felt like actually the character is right for her, um, which I, I, I thought actually going into, I felt more comfortable in the same way that this felt very much like her and Adam Driver very well cast for it. Yeah. I think the casting for it was, was perfect. I think you know, even when we look at um, down the line, Ray Liotta and Laura Dern and people like that, I think that the whole casting actually was superb the whole way through. I don't think there's anybody who wasn't born to play the role that they're playing within this film. Um, it it felt very natural. I think, you know, Ray Liotta, as he's gotten older, really does fit that kind of uh, dirty, um, what do you call it? Like, lawyer, you know, lawyer, defense lawyer kind yeah, of. Uh, sleazy character. Yeah, um, exactly. And I think that um, yeah, everybody was, was perfectly cast. And um, I, you, I don't think you got, you get the impression that anybody there is playing off their fame. Um, it's not like when you watch The Rock in Jumanji where you go, oh, okay, I'm watching this film because it's got Jack Black and The Rock and I'm not watching it because it's a good film. Um, with this film, it didn't really matter. The, the characters were the characters, not the actors playing the characters. And I think that was really important too. I think if it had been the other way around, it would have taken so much away from the story. I, I didn't actually know Scarlett Johansson 
has been in Marvel films, actually. I'm a, a big fan of her um, early stuff, like um, Under the Skin, I thought was fantastic. Well, do you know, um, I, I thought of Under the Skin when I first started watching this, because it's kind of maybe not even, you know, probably half the budget of this, to be fair. It's such a low-budget film. What did you make of that film? Um, I thought that was a fascinating film. Really um, bizarre, and, and, and it kept me glued to the screen, even though not a lot was happening. But right, it, so very little happens, but it's yeah gripping. I mean, mm. I, I came away afterwards just going, what was that? But mm. it was so weird to know that like Scarlett Johansson, this this Hollywood star, is in this film filmed in Glasgow, where I'm not even even now. I don't fully understand what that film was about. No, no. <laughs> love that. I love that she does those sorts of things, and you know, she's not your. Um, I'm trying to think of an example. For me, the the comparison uh, at this stage is uh, Angelina Jolie. She's made a brand out of herself. Yep. But when you look at the trajectory of her career, she's gone from things like, um, oh, what was the one she did with Winona Ryder years and years ago? Yeah, it's it's on the tip of my tongue. Um, girl, inter uh, girl interrupted. There we go. She's done something like that where, you know, Oscar winning performances. Yeah. And then yeah. she goes into Tomb Raider, which back then was the thing that thrust her into the limelight. Um, in, marvelous. In a, mainstream, in a mainstream way. I'm not bashing Tomb Raider. I was at the cinema. <laughs> I paid my £4.50. That'll tell you how many years ago it was. And, <laughs> uh, and I was there as a 15-year-old. I think I was 15 at the time. 15-year-old boy. I'm like, yeah, I'm watching this. Fan of the games. Angelina Jolie, who is she? I don't know. By the end of it, I knew who she was. Um, but then she's gone on to do things like Salt, which, you know, mm -hmm. fairly average. Um, yeah. Maleficent, which is very mainstream. Um, yeah. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, again, fairly mainstream. So for me, that's the comparison. It's like you've got uh, Scarlett Johansson, who's still taking these character-driven stories yeah. and running with it. And I think, like you've all said already, mm. is that nobody was miscast. And everybody's acting chops really come through yeah. for me the testimony the, the, the test is if you can take a mainstream actor like scarlett johansson or adam driver and you can lose them in the characters they're playing that's when you know that you're onto something so for me they were never scarlett johansson and adam driver they were nicole and charlie absolutely. i believed mm -hmm. in those characters yeah. because you yeah. lost the star in the writing and the acting. Yeah, absolutely. And as, as we've discussed quite a few times on here, in that comes from really good storytelling. That comes from really, um, yeah, the narrative of this is excellent. Um, and I, I, there was lots about this film I didn't like, um, and there was probably more that I did like, but I think that you cannot fault the narrative and storytelling at all. It's, it's perfect. In my yeah, I, I, I was gonna, I, I would certainly say so. I think the very sort of opening shot, I, I, I thought to myself, oh, is this what this film is going to be like? And then I kind of everything as it as it kind of goes through that opening sequence, it all started to fall into place as to to why these things were being set up and how they how it work. I, I almost I made I made a note that it was almost like a an investigation from the viewer's perspective um, and I guess that's what we're always asking when we're watching films when we're getting involved in stories is that the why why is this person like this who are they 
and I was straight away off the back of kind of that opening I was like I okay so I want to know what's happened to get them so far away mm -hmm. from these monologues of them describing literally the perfect life mm -hmm. um, and uh, and and then it gradually just opens up and just unpacks all, all the things about the, the characters like you say yeah um, maybe further down we'll get into sort of the um, the conclusion and what, what everyone thinks of, of that but yeah I, I did think as a in, in terms of, I guess, when you come from, say, like Marvel, and there's very much like conflict, the conflict is writ large on the screen, and it's very obvious how everything kind of simmers and builds up to the argument scene in this. I thought was, yeah, was just fantastic the way that was played through. So, Matt, as your choice, mm -hmm. could you tell us a little bit, A, about why you picked this one? And B, to lead us into it, is there a specific scene? Because I think this film is very much driven by its individual scenes. The story itself is fairly straightforward. It's unpacking and watching this marriage fall apart and how the characters come to terms with their new lives on the other end of it. So, yeah, why, why is it that you picked this specifically? And is there anything, uh, any particular scene to you that really shone out? So I picked this because uh, the, his previous film, um, the... Ma Oh, I'm having trouble pronouncing this one as well. It's Adam Sandler, Ben Stiller, um, Dustin Hoffman, I believe. Merwitz Stories. I don't know if anyone saw it. It was a U uh, another Netflix original film. Uh, his, his previous film, I, I adored that. Um, and I saw this and I didn't know he directed it. And uh, I, 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 I looked at the trailer and I thought, hang on a minute, this, this seems familiar. And... Um, yeah, it, it was him. So I, I decided to pick this and um scene that really stood out. The there was a turning point in the film when, when she first meets her lawyer. For me that, that scene was a very important part of the film where 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 we where we went from two amicable people splitting up to 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 other people getting involved and poking their nose in and 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 destroying the process for them, I think. So Laura, Matt, Laura Dern was her, her lawyer, her divorce lawyer. Mm. Um, and it was an absolute joy to see Laura Dern play a character like this. Yeah. I thought, oh man, you, you're like the, when I was a child, you were the mother figure in like Jurassic Park. Yeah. Why <laughs> are you playing this absolute B-I-T-C-H? I mean, come on, Laura Dern. Anyway, yeah. It just going on to when you say it's a turning point in the story, um, the manipulation that comes from both of the lawyers, mm. uh, I thought was, um, it felt really real. I thought it sounds like a stupid thing to say when you're watching a film, but when I was watching it, I could, I could actually believe that there are lawyers out there who would say those things mm -hmm. and try and manipulate their clients into bigger settlements, into taking a bigger share of, of the estate and that. And it was really difficult to watch in that sense that it did, it felt, it was, I felt uncomfortable because I don't think either of them were, not the, the lawyers, the, the clients, I don't think either of them were um, really comfortable in that. I feel like they were being manipulated and kind of carried along. And, um, I really, I, I found that hard to watch. I, I wanted to intervene. I wanted to jump into the film and go, dah, 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 come on, sort your life out. <laughs> then I felt, I, I felt, especially with her, that initially, straight away initially, I took against her. Um, 
and for all the reasons that you mentioned but then when we get further in to the the film there were then elements where i was like no oh, yeah you 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 go for it and and i was kind of like rooting for it and i thought hang on a minute you didn't like her earlier so what's what's changed and i think that's what i really liked about this was that everyone is so sort of multifaceted mm. and and i i kept on making notes about i think initially i was like oh these these tv people the tv production kind of crew and i was like oh i hate them and then when it flipped back to the new york broadway play at the actors i was like actually i hate these people too i i don't like any of them um and and kept and and so yeah i i, I think that it's always really good when you get those sort of like multifaceted um, characters and i think laura dern won an oscar for best supporting actor on 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 that um on this film oh, nice. so she always got her plaudits for it yeah wow good that's cool mm. i think uh, yeah well deserved i i think i think the movie and as you kind of alluded to earlier, Andy, I think that the movie did have its faults. You know, there, there were, I believe that um, what you were saying earlier, Sam, about it being an investigative story. Um, I didn't feel like we got shown much of their previous relationship enough to, to take so a side, if you like. Um, we didn't, we don't really know what happened. And, and, and I think that was, maybe a bit of a floor of the film i think yeah i agree it's a good point you don't really learn a great deal about their backstory other than the odd tale that they tell here and there um mm. now that actually brings me on to when she did first meet um was it nora played by laura Dern. Mm. um one of the things that i loved about this was that noah bombach took the decision as Scarlett Johansson was monologuing, walking back and forwards into the bathroom, back out again, literally there was not a single break. They didn't even move the camera. They didn't even try and do anything funny with it. They just let Scarlett Johansson re deliver her lines. Mm. And through that, you got to learn a great deal about where she'd come from, the struggle that she'd had. And it was absolutely flawless i wish i'd recorded how long that scene had gone on for um and it just it was completely captivating just to watch her act which was awesome because we've seen her do many many different things um from mainstream to to much smaller budgeted character driven pieces but it's when the camera just stops and watches her that you learn so much about her character, the TV show that she was going through, the ups and downs of her marriage. And to deliver that all in an incredibly short space of time was phenomenal to watch. Yeah, and I, on, on, that, on that scene and, and some of the others as well, I think the fact that obviously the theatre is, is a really key part of the, the plot and the story. Um, I think that was one of the examples of where they kind of used some of the, the kind of theatre approaches in film. I was thinking of the kitchen scene as well with the pie mm. and the serving of the, the divorce and uh, the way that people kind of move in and out of rooms and mm. move between rooms and things like that is, is very much sort of like a theatrical kind of approach. Um, and uh, yeah, some some of those elements I thought initially, especially with that opening shot, that I thought I was going to find this a bit too artsy. 
um, and a bit kind of like I, I noticed that it was a different aspect ratio and for me that just jumped out and it didn't make me think ah oh, of course they've used 1.66 because that would be you know I was just like oh yeah you know i'm not that discerning enough to know why that is you know more atmospheric or whatever like that. but actually those bits and pieces i didn't notice it was only kind of when i was reading up on trivia that i was like oh yeah like you know i, I wouldn't have noticed that i wouldn't have drawn attention to it because i was just in the movie and was in, was enjoying it um and i think maybe the um the the argument scene later on in the film i think i read that that they did something like i don't know maybe something around 20 takes or something like that just from the whole thing not picking up from any point just running the whole argument um which i think gives it more kind of authenticity mm. than if you'd been cutting um uh, between sort of different takes on that um what you were saying a moment ago about it being you know that theatrical artsy thing i think this film lends itself to stage really well my background is in um is in theater as, as well and, and i couldn't help but watch this going I want to buy the rights and turn it into a stage play. Like, <laughs> I think this is the kind of the, I don't know, do you want to call it a tragedy? I mean, you know, we can talk about the ending in a moment, but I think that that kind of, it lends itself the whole thing to stage really well in terms of, I could just imagine when we change scenes in this film, you just change the scenes on stage and it would work really well. And I think that, that's part of the beauty of it for me was that when you see something on stage it's really raw you're seeing real people act in front of you and it did feel like that in this film in that the performances were really raw they were the kind of things that if you saw it on stage it would stand out and it would be just as beautiful as it was in this film am, am i correct and i i believe i read this somewhere that um adam driver came up with the idea of of his character own in the theater studio it wasn't originally in in the script so, I mean, that's cool. That's entirely possible. And that plays quite a large part in terms of the arguments that they have in, in um, it's, it's, I suppose it is court, the arguments that their lawyers each have about how he owns the studio, but his, you know, his wife helped support it, gave him the money, he paid it all back. Um, and and the back, there's a lot of back and forth between the lawyers at that point with regards to, you know, who is Adam Driver's success? Is it the fact that he is a successful director who has built this company, this theater, or did his wife have a massive part to play in that and therefore actually holds some of the ownership of that theater company itself? Um, which Andy and I have discussed before that if it wasn't for our wives, we probably wouldn't be where we are today because they are huge when it comes to what we've been able to do as, as people, especially like our careers and just our lives in general. I mean, we joke about it. So yeah, you know, if it wasn't for my wife, I wouldn't be organized or what have you. I guarantee you. Um, and if I ever get divorced, this podcast, unfortunately, will come back to bite me in the backside. Um, the, if it wasn't for the support of my wife, um, then, then I wouldn't be where I am today. And that really comes across in this film. I, I thought it was interesting watching this from the perspective of someone that hasn't been through a divorce. And um, I would say fortunate that I haven't had that in my family. And, and uh, my, my wife has had that experience. And, and so 
I, I need to sit down and watch it with her at some point. Um, but it's very interesting seeing how a relationship like that can turn and how things take off on a completely, almost like a sort of a tarnished edge of everything is, everything comes down to a, an equation, a battle. And you hear those stories about the, your people will fight over the CD collection because they feel like they've conceded so much in other areas and their lawyer will be convincing them that they've conceded a lot. And so you need to fight and you need to. And, and so, damn it, you're going to get um, appetite for destruction by Guns and Roses if you have to fight for it. <laughs> um, and I felt that, yeah, I felt that was really interesting in a lot of those those scenes, those kind of the sterile, there's that sterile office scene where I felt like I could even taste the air conditioning. Mm. Uh, I'm pretty sure I could hear it in the background of the soundtrack. Um, and and also then yeah in, in the actual um, judges courts as well it, it did watching that as a viewer that hasn't gone through this it did make me think oh goodness all these things that uh, such a contrast to the again the monologues at the start and that's such a good way from that perspective to set up um, uh, the the movie um, I was going to ask did you guys find that you were, I know we've said that there were maybe, there could have been more information, but did you side with anyone in particular and did it change as it went through the film? Uh, yeah, very, very much so. I found myself um, siding with one or the other throughout the film. I kind of ping-ponged my way through the film. Um, I'm very easily led. <laughs> and so... Um, I find that, you know, you present me a good argument and I'm all yours. And so and I found that that was continuously happening throughout the film. And that as soon as, you know, one of them said something negative about the other, I was like, oh, yeah, she, he is a bastard. <laughs> and then, <laughs> sorry. And then um, I was, you know, I'd um, kind of side with one or the other. I'd see, I did find myself siding with one. I don't, I can't think, I, I wasn't really conscious of what I'm watching, I guess, but I didn't really I don't think there's a moment where I was kind of stuck in the middle I think I was on one side or the other up until the end I think I I did find that um I was siding with Charlie up until the revelation of the him being unfaithful and then I was like uh but then I, I had to remind myself there could be you know more to this but that was a bit that I was like oh come on Charlie yeah you yeah. should have done better but yeah. it was like those bits with like the I think there were two things that they brought up the her having maybe a couple of glasses of wine too much turns into her being an alcoholic. Him not being able to uh, set up a car seat turns into him being a neglectful father. And mm. I was just like, goodness gracious, I wouldn't want my life to be portrayed in a court like that because, oh, goodness, that would be painful. I, f I felt that I didn't side with them so much as who had done something. You, you, this person was wrong, that person was wrong. But... Um, I saw her character as, as very weak and very being pushed around by by everybody really, and she alluded to that in her in the in the um, in the conversation she had with with um, her her lawyer in the beginning. You know how she 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 went to New York because she was fed up with this one guy. This other guy had something to offer her, mm -hmm. and and it just felt like she was just following a path for it for an easy an easy time not didn't want much conflict in in her in her, in her way really see i i didn't side with anybody in particular um because i again the the ping-ponging back and forth i could kind of not necessarily see both their points of view um because 
there's so much you don't find out until later on down the line about what's happened between these two. Um, but just to go back to, to your point about obviously the, the kind of the character of Nicole, um, I read it more as she was making the sacrifice um, to make sure that her husband succeeded um, because she felt that that was the right thing to do. And obviously what she's ended up with years and years down the line is an unfaithful partner who's basically, although she's the one who instigates the divorce, um, who's kind of like pushed her into the background. She was the actress. He was the director. Now he's the big, you know, the theater director. Mm -hmm. And she's just kind of that woman. And she even says it herself. She's that woman who starred in that thing that nobody remembers. And going off of you know things that my own wife has said um being a mother can sometimes be a complete loss of identity because you no longer identify as you know what you do and 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 who you are but you identify as that person's mother or that person's husband and i think that there was a lot of that going on as well so she was losing her identity and only now that she's going through this kind of like family i suppose we call it tragedy um, that she's beginning to find herself again, but now she has no idea who she is because she's played all these other roles for so many years, which kind of links in nicely in the sense that she is in fact an actress, um, not in real life, but in, in, the, in the actual film itself. Um, so she's constantly used to playing the part of someone else. So I'd imagine that her identity has gotten very lost. And, and that I, th- I feel, especially when she's talking to Laura Dern, um the the first time that she talks to her that that really comes across as she doesn't really know who she is anymore because she's had to you know do so many things and sacrifice so many things Jamie leading on from that do you think that um the way you watch this film will be um kind of decided by your own life's experience do you think that all four of us based on our own separate lives and histories watch this film in a very very different way because we can watch something like Avengers or, you know, one of these big, you know, Fast and Furious as we were talking about earlier. Um, and we, you, know, you can watch one of these films and I think we're probably all getting roughly the same experience from mm. that. I think a film like this where it's so raw, I wonder if we've all got very different views. I, 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 th- uh, I think so, I do. Um, like for instance, for me, um, I've never been married before. This is my first marriage. And you know, hopefully, touch a lot of wood, this will be my only marriage. Um, <laughs> But I have been through failed relationships before. And one of those relationships failed. Um, there's a lot of reasons behind it. And again, this doesn't really explain the reasons behind why their marriage has gotten to this point. But there was infidelity in that relationship. And that's why for me personally, whenever I hear or see a character cheating on the person who trusts them, I instantaneously take a disliking to them because right. I've lived through that. So that's informed by what i've gone through and so yes i do think that this is going to be more about your own Mm. personal perception and and what you've actually gone through in your own life so for instance i have never lived through a divorce my parents have been married for decades and so i couldn't access the film through that experience but i could access it through other personal experiences i have had so yeah i think own personal experience is a huge one for this yeah i i watched this with my wife and um her her parents are, are divorced and after the film we we had a, a two three hour conversation about marriage and divorce and it and, it, and off the back of this film we, we, we both have very um 
very different opinions on on, on divorce. Um, and I think this, yeah, I think you're correct, Andy, that you, you're going to have a different view on on this story depending on your life story. Definitely. There's, and again, I haven't I haven't watched this with my wife yet. But even going to discussing with her the film after I'd watched it, we had some in-depth conversations. I think I think you're right. I think this is definitely this is one that it brings out it brings out a lot more and you bring a lot of things to it. Um you've got to go into it um being willing to kind of get into maybe some of those harder things to discuss. Um and I think that's probably the the beauty of it and why I would say personally for me I felt that it was very well crafted in that sense is that you could go away from this with a lot of questions, a lot of things to discuss. Mm-hmm. Whereas like you say, something a bit lighter, um still be very effective in what it's trying to do but wouldn't necessarily scratch the surface in that same way. Did it, um, did you find your, I found myself, sorry, I, you don't need to answer this, this is a, quite a personal question, but I found myself whilst watching and afterwards, putting myself in the shoes of both of those characters in that situation and thinking to myself, what would you do in that situation? And Alice, my wife and I, we had a long, she watched the film before I did actually, she watched it when it first came out. Um, And we, you know, we, we had a long discussion about, you know, what would you do if you're in a situation? And I really, I don't think based on our relationship as it is now that we could ever be in the position that those two are in, in the film. But neither did they. That's the yeah. point. They never yeah. thought they could be there, yeah. Exactly. And that's the really interesting thing though, isn't it? Because you sit there and you go, yeah, we'd never be that cruel to one another. Mm-hmm. Okay, but they thought that too. And it really, I think, makes you question so much about and your own life and your, your own experiences. And again, yeah, without getting too into the, the sort of the, the detail and too, too deep, I, you know, I wouldn't, you know, I would say that both me and my wife are people that get our opinions out there with, you know, with things. We, we, we talk about stuff. We have fairly in-depth, heated conversations. We would more likely argue about something and get quite, you know, uh, intense. And then, and then, you know, it's boiled over and, and we've dealt with it as opposed to things simmer and simmer and simmer and simmer. And then you'll realize you're 10 years down the line and what's happened to my marriage. Um, but that said, the argument scene uh which sort of the latter part of the movie i found that very i don't know you can watch a lot of action movies and you get desensitized to violence but the violence in their words and especially when adam driver turns around and the, his sort of final salvo i felt like i was looking at myself and thinking goodness i have probably in kind of i don't know it, it challenged me it did challenge me because i thought goodness don't what you know i don't know if i've ever said anything that unkind but i've probably had that kind of malice or something or you know and it, and it really did make me think of you know and the way that the, the how shocked she was and how sort of mm. her reaction that that was um even i watched it back before before coming on the on the pod and i was like oh that is just you know there's anything wrong with Hollywood blockbusters and Marvel characters slugging I don't know why I'm highlighting Marvel so much it was probably the Scarlett Johansson thing <laughs> sort of slugging it out but when you see something like that when you're like it's not it's not necessarily that there's it's not born out of kind of abuse that like well, well we're revealing that Charlie really is abusive it's that he's absolutely lost it he's become infantile 
Um, he, there's some of the things he says in that argument, some of the, the that you like, you oh man, you are not doing yourself any favors. I know you're being honest, you're being completely open, but yeah. And, um, and obviously he does the classic punch the drywall. Um, but I don't know about you guys. I don't know if that was a, if there were any other particular scenes that stuck out to you. That was definitely one for me that, that stuck out as a, as a sort of a highlight. Yeah, I, I really thought, and, and spoiler here, I, I really thought that that was uh, a turning point for their relationship and they would be getting back together after that. <laughs> I don't know about you guys. Um, it felt like they needed to do, do that. They needed to get something out of their system. And I thought that was the, the point that they got everything out and, and they would reflect on, on what they're actually doing to each other. See, for, you, for me, it was a little bit of the opposite. I felt that that, I, again, it was the turning point, but for me, the turning point wasn't that they got it out of their system and they would get back together. It was that both of them were still in denial about the end of their marriage. And when that argument happened, there was no denying it. It was game over. Um, there was no other way that this could have played out mm. because they'd said such vile things, which in, in fairness, albeit a little bit explosive, was probably... Uh, largely true as you know as true as a fictional story can be but it's at the point where we are most angry that a lot of truth comes out mm. and so for me because this had all come out and they'd said such vile things it's like nah this is game over there's no coming back from this but they both again I, I agree they both needed it but I felt they needed it for a completely different reason they both needed to understand that their marriage was over so that they could move forward with actually getting it done yeah, I think it was a major turning point in the story. And as much as it is at that point that all of a sudden we go, okay, right, trajectory's on. For me, I, I, I didn't think for one second they were going to get back together after that because I just, in my shoes, if someone, if I'd had an argument like that with somebody, we'd go our separate ways. But that, that's just me personally. And that's why yeah. I think this film is so interesting because it can be read in so many different ways. Right up until that point, I constantly had it in the back of my head. These two are getting back together. It's kind of going that way because everything, you know, it's getting a little bit nasty, but they're going to get back together because they're two really nice people. Always had an affair. Oh, okay. Maybe he's not as nice as I thought he was, you know? And, and so these things start to unveil. But yeah, when they got to this argument, I was like, game over. I think my wife kind so, of ruined it for me because she said, um, when she, I said, oh, I've got to watch this film. And she said, oh, I've seen that. I said, is it good? She went, it's really sad. I went, oh, okay. And she said, but it's not Hollywood sad. It's genuinely really sad. I said, what, what do you mean by that? She went, it's real. Like this isn't, it doesn't yeah. come across as, as fake at all. So for me, I kind of, I knew where it was heading the whole time, I think, because she'd said that. And, um, but I think that does sum it up quite well, doesn't it? This idea of it is genuinely sad. It's not, it's not your Hollywood side. You don't sit there with a packet of tissues and then at the end you kind of forget it. This sticks with you and it really, I don't know. No. And I think that some of that, I think certainly in the trivia that I've read, the, the Noah Baumbach was very much portraying the breakdown of his own marriage with, oh, I'm going to get the name wrong, Jennifer Lee. Can't remember, remember the rest of her name because he's now he's now married to Greta Gerwig, who I think he possibly was unfatal unfaithful to Jennifer. The, 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 so there's a lot of autobiographical stuff there. I think got Scarlett Johansson has been divorced yeah. possibly a couple of times. I think mm -hmm. that Laura Dern's character Nora is a composite of the uh, 
different um, lawyers that they used, or possibly they may have used the same lawyer. Um, and so there's a lot of like real stuff that they've obviously brought to the table. Yeah. From that point, Damien, it'd be interesting to talk about the, um, the conclusion because I think it can definitely be read in a few different ways. And I'm not sure where you guys felt whether the conclusion of the film and, you know, it's not necessarily a spoiler alert because it will be for everyone that watches it to find out. But is that the point that are we seeing them going off into the sunset as healed people, but separate people, or is this the, are we unresolved on the start of their relationship being rebuilt? I'm not sure. It's a really good point. And I'm going to do the really nasty thing and deflect to Matt on this one, given that it's his pick. So let's, let's jump to the end then. Cause, um, it, it doesn't really have what you would call a conclusion because obviously their lives still continue. So it has to end somewhere. So what did you think about the ending of this film? Um, I thought it was rather abrupt to be honest. I thought it, it just ended. I was left wanting more. Um, and then on reflection, I, I, I thought to myself, I'm not sure if I want to see more of them bickering and, and, and I, I don't believe the bickering's ended. I think that will just continue as the child grows. And then when the child's left home, um, they will just go their separate ways. I, don't, I, I can't see them ever resolving this. Um, it just it wasn't in them, I don't think. Mm. I have a similar reading to that, I think, in terms of the end. I, I felt like it was um, them. It was it was like a, a break, wasn't it? It was almost like mm. that kind of dramatic pause in and then in between scenes or something like that. So mm. it was kind of like, you know, we had all of our highs and all of a sudden it's going to come back down here. And then in the sequel, it's going to be back up here. That is what it, for me, it felt mm. like it was a, a momentary pause in in this aggression to one another. And then that next time they meet, that is then going to kind of take off again. And, and, and there, there's so much unresolved. It, you know, this film doesn't kind of conclude, it doesn't resolve, it doesn't wrap up any of mm. it. I have to say, I, I um, and to much consternation of uh, a few of my friends and also my wife, I'm, I'm quite a fan of an unresolved ending. Um, I quite like things that are left kind of just a bit frayed and untangled because I think you've got so much more to talk about at the end. I don't know, like if we're talking blockbusters, does the, does the, um, what is it? The totem at the end of, of Inception, Inception the topple, yeah. mm. or things like that. Yeah. And this, I found very much like this was one that some of, some people I know would just not cope with things being left kind of unread. I, I almost felt like the, um, the, uh, Charlie reading that, the, the notes, um, that, uh, Nicole had written, reading them with his son. I thought that was kind of the sort of the, the summing up. It was kind of almost the, the catharsis to him, but I wasn't sure whether that was that he was realizing like the marriage that the, what was the mediator at the start of the film is saying that you need to do this so that you realize all the good times. And I don't know whether that was kind of, okay, yeah, we, we had those good times and I just need to have that or whether it was a, yeah, do you know what this is worth fighting for? I think some of the characters, possibly some of the theater characters mentioned that they've split up in the past. Again, maybe a critique that we don't know a lot about that stuff because it feels like this is the first time, but it, mm. apparently they have had some kind of breakups previously. Mm. Um, 
but yeah interesting an interesting way to 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 close off the film um from from my perspective i i don't know it's um, i'm not sure where i think it would go from there but i'm fine i'm happy with that yeah you see for me i felt that in true tone of the film itself one of the reasons that it doesn't uh tie up all the loose ends or actually come to a conclusion is because the audience is only given enough information throughout the entire film to draw their own conclusions. You have enough to decide who you want to side with. You have enough to decide who's to blame, who's not to blame. Are they both to blame? You have just enough to understand where both the characters are coming from. So whilst I don't always appreciate it, because I like a really nice, well-rounded ending, because I like to watch a film, I like that film to end. But during this, we're only ever given just enough to draw our own conclusions. And so for this film, I did appreciate the fact that we were left to draw our own conclusions if you want to really pay attention to the film. And that's it. This film rewards you for paying attention to what's being said and done, as opposed to just kind of like having it on in the background. Oh, yeah, no, it's a nice film. You know, I probably won't watch it again because it's pretty sad. But if you actually take the time to unpack it, there's lots in there. And so for this film, and I won't say it very often, I appreciated the fact that there was no drawn conclusion and that you have to do that yourself. Um, because I felt that that was within keeping and tone of the entire film overall. And so, I, yeah, I really, I really kind of enjoyed that. And right. just to, I was going to say, one thing that keeps on jumping out to me that I keep on meaning to mention, obviously we're talking about being a very sad film, but I thought there were some bits in it that did make me laugh out loud. Yes. Um, I thought there were some, some quite comedic points in it, um, as well as having just kind of that, that, that um, sadness kind of uh, throughout um, mm-hmm. the, the, I think there were a couple of things that jumped out to me that the, the scene with the pie and the serving of the, the papers, the yeah. relationship between the, the mother right. and the, the, the daughters there. And also um, the uh, observer coming to see Adam Driver. Is, uh, um, Charlie oh, and his how son. socially awkward was she. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> that, that was brilliant. I mean, and to be fair, she's like, oh, we're going to send an expert around. It's like, do you even know how to interact with other people? Like, are you a human being or are you a robot? What kind of an expert are you? It was brilliant. <laughs> and Julie Haggerty, who played the mum, Sandra, she was brilliant, wasn't she? She was such a character. Yeah. Um, and you learn so, like, she, she, you learn that she had remained friends with, I think it was her, a couple of her daughter's previous partners, even though her daughters had split up. Mum was still really enjoying the company of some of these people. And it's like, normally, what I would expect is that if, if, your son or daughter kind of goes sour on someone. And this, again, this is my own personal reading. You, you pick your son or daughter's side. It's like, yeah, how dare they? Blah, 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 blah. They're mm. scum. How dare you hurt my son or daughter? Uh, and you see it in friends all the time. Oh, your boyfriend cheated on you. Well, he's scum. Let's go, you know, whatever. So I kind of expected that reaction. But then to find out that this character of a woman who is such a breath of fresh air, it's mm. like, oh, no, I'm still friends. I still talk to them. It's like, Really? What's going on? Brilliant. They're, yeah, so yeah, they're really good comedic beats. That was a really sad kind of part of the story I felt with where she, where she was saying, oh, what, do you mean I can't speak to him anymore? I can't see him anymore. Yeah. You know, and I, I was putting myself in his position. If, if God forbid, if we, we, we ever went through divorce, 
not seeing my mother-in-law and yeah. her, you know we've got a great relationship and and that you know it's not just it's not just that your wife and kids that you, you you're breaking from it terribly sad terribly sad same here i love my in-laws although you know this is uh, recorded so i have to say that <laughs> but no, no, on, a <laughs> <laughs> on a serious note though, I, I again you're absolutely right matt i love my in-laws and if you know heaven forbid we ever split up the idea of not being able to you know say hello or socialize or what have you it's like i would not enjoy that at all because it's not just oh they're the in-laws it's like no they're really nice people it's like i oh, want to be able to continue talking to them and on the um on that 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 scene with the observe i did think there was one thing and again i always find if i'm nitpicking it's probably because i don't have too many big challenges with the film but i did think dramatically it worked but in real life if you punched a hole in the wall the first thing i do is hang a picture over it yeah or you know but it it worked for her to turn around and go what's this but i was like "Mm, are you that stupid no um but yeah the the, the, and I, i did think another thing that a, a cardinal sin that I find of films that are set in New York is mm. people having terrible lives, but they live in New York. Yeah. And everything is like idyllic and, and, and it's, it's fantastic. However, that was kind of subverted as the film went on with, I think there was some shots of Adam Driver like stood in the rain outside like a laundromat that I thought, there we go, there's real New York. Yeah. That's what it's really like if you really live there. Yeah. And again, that some of the, some of the, the comments about LA and you know, how they kept on talking about the space and stuff. And then when he's driving around trying to do the trick or treating and it just seems so dead and cold. And I thought, actually no, this is this is this is better. It's not that everything's sort of perfect and, and nice. You're showing some of the sort of the more drab, dreary side of things. That for me was a major selling point of this film. Um, I, I used to live in New York, so I know the city quite well. And so for me, this was a really nice, it was a breath of fresh air having New York presented like this. We weren't presented with as, a, as an establishing shot, these huge skyscrapers. And I thing, because yes, okay, Manhattan is big skyscrapers, but New York is so much more diverse than that. It's such a cool, interesting place. And it's so different wherever you are. I really liked that. I've spent quite a lot of time in Los Angeles as well, and I really liked how Los Angeles was presented because Los Angeles is horrible and it is cold and it's <laughs> not a warm place to. Uh, it's warm in temperature, but not warm in in terms of with other people. It, it's a very lonely place to be, and I think I that came, that came across in this film very, very well. And it's something that we very rarely get in films when we are establishing in new york it's big glitzy new york when we're establishing in los angeles it's the you know the center of the world we didn't get that in this film and i really appreciated that yeah i i I think that to have an establishing shot of big skyscrapers it would have stuck out of this film because this is a very intimate story this has nothing to do with the 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 showiness of anything and so i'm really glad that that wasn't there um and hearing you gents kind of describe the cities as such um you can start to see the parallels between where the characters want to live and the characters themselves mm-hmm. it's like so you've got the hot shot director it's like it's not hot shot director he runs a theater yes mm-hmm. he's not this big time he's made it just like he's living in new york new york is not this hey you're living in new york you've made it buddy it's like no there are areas where that doesn't happen yeah. and you got the same for for scarlett johansson scarlett johansson is like the the core of the the family um, but because of everything that's happened, she's kind of a little bit emotionally 
distant and i'm not going to say whether that's you know rightly or wrongly because i have no experience with 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 that type of emotion but she she's had to distance herself because of what she's going through and so she's left it to laura dern because you see i feel after the initial meeting between um nora and um nicole there's not an awful lot that you see between the two characters you see a lot of Adam Driver, Charlie, and his two lawyers and how they change. Um, but you kind of just see how he interacts with those lawyers. And so she's become a distant character as well as the place that she's living in. Am I grasping at straws? Possibly. But again, you can read into this what you want to read into it. And so I love how the characters represent the areas that they're living in, in the true fashion, not this glitzy idealistic, um, idealistic fashion. I think so. And it's this idea, isn't it, that the cities and the characters are presenting these masks, these what they want. But actually, when you bring down the mask, you can see the reality is actually not that great and it's uncomfortable. Mm. Absolutely. Um, can we just before before we wrap this up, can we just let us quickly talk about um, Ray Liotta? And this is this is all I have I'm to say. I'm so glad you said that. Oh, my God. Do you know, I... Ray Liotta is, uh, so my first experience of Ray Liotta was with Goodfellas, as I think most people's yeah. first experience with Ray Liotta was. And for me, he makes Goodfellas. I love that film. I love him in that film. But he's, he's a big character. He's a, almost a pantomime character, isn't he? He's so over the top. Since then, I've only seen him in a handful of things. And every time, he has been rubbish. Really, <laughs> really unimpressive, not that great. He was fabulous in this film. He was so good. And I think that a you know, big shout out to him. And I don't know if it, I think he was born to play this role. So I'm not sure that it's, you know, I'm not sure we're going to see great things from him as a result of being in this. But actually, I really, I really liked seeing him in this. I thought that was really good. This is it. It's I, I, oh, sorry, Sam, go for it, dude. I was just going to start. I thought, yeah, the way that the way that they set up his character versus Laura Dern's character, even though I was thinking about the offices, that Laura Dern's was very airy and open and fresh, but also sterile. And I think there was even a seat. So she mentioned something about, you know, my life's great now. I've got like a wonderful boyfriend. And Scarlett Hansen's character is like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and and then the same with then Radiota is in this kind of like similar office. The space is like almost exactly the same, but almost in reverse but everything's dark, wooden, Mess. kind of aged, messy. And, and, and he's very, very forceful. He, he's kind of like, no pretenses. This is a fight. And Adam Driver's like, I don't want to fight. Whereas Laura Dern's character is, you know, it's a bit more passive aggressive. But when you see them go into that core and, and, yeah. and they're, they're against each other there, though that is just, it's just like two, two craftsmen getting in and just enjoying a fantastically written piece um, together. I, I just love the way that they, they played off. And like you say, yeah, Ray Liotta, in, uh, particularly in that scene in the courtroom, fantastic, yeah. Like Ying versus Yang. And, and, and I think that the, the, them two characters, it was, it, it was needed for them to be strong, powerful characters because, you know, we could, we could call this, a, you know, it's called the marriage story, but really it, it's about divorce and 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 the the things that drag people apart in divorce it's not necessarily a, uh the divorce itself isn't isn't the the main topic here it's about how how people are ripped apart and how they're made to do 
different things, things they didn't want to do. And I think it was vital that these two characters were big, bold, um, and in-your-face characters. I agree. And I think that the, the big argument that we've already discussed towards like the, the latter end of this kind of nailed home how much these two characters were needed, not necessarily from the film standpoint, although, yes, I do agree that they're absolutely fantastic and they're well needed and watching them just kind of go in the courtroom was fabulous. But the two main characters tried to sort things out themselves and within moments, they're at each other's throats, um, which kind of justifies why you need these lawyers, in this particular story at least, to hash this out. Because you, you need professionals who can remove the emotion um, to actually get the job done. As, as horrid as that might sound, that is their job. Um, and so it's what they are trained to do. I thought Laura Dern, I, you know, I thought she was really, well, that was some great casting. I thought she was really good. However, if you said to me beforehand, I didn't realise it was her until, well, for quite a while until, until I was watching it. Because you know, I only know Laura Dern from Jurassic Park. Mm. Now, if you'd said to me, oh, we're going to cast Laura Dern as this kind of, you know, smart, sassy lawyer, I would have gone, nah, that, that's not going to work. But it did work because clearly, it was, how old was Jurassic Park? 20 years? 1995, so yeah. Right, really old then. 92, 95, somewhere around there. Right, so we're looking at, you know, quarter of a... Um, uh, Where are we now? Century. We're in 2020, yeah. Woo. Yeah, right, so really long time. She's clearly matured both as a person in her own experiences but also as an actress and I think, you know, my own perception is that oh it's the woman from jurassic park not at all she was mm. she was so and and there was one thing and i sometimes think you, this sort of the, the there's these incidentals that kind of sum up the character and the the the, the, the acting and it was when they get into the they're in the court and i can't remember what in particular Ray Otis character they sort of opening salvo or something and she goes okay and she takes off her jacket and she's <laughs> and 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 that was just it was like someone was literally un, unsheathing a sword or something like that the way that she did that she was like right i'm i'm here to fight and i'm going to wanted i had the tiger start playing yeah yeah exactly yeah <laughs> and but then in contrast the thing i really like i loved how um radiotis character then turns on his client when they like when they're saying about like oh he didn't buckle up the seat properly you didn't buckle up the seat everyone knows you can't do the seat <laughs> properly and like, i don't know that i thought yeah both of them just played that so fantastically yeah. yeah and when they found out that um the money that he got from the grant i can't remember what it's called went into a joint account he was like what are you doing putting it in a joint account it's like this back and forth brilliant absolutely brilliant and that scene wasn't all that long um but yeah the laura dern and ray Liotta, absolute standout when you consider how little they actually had to do compared to how long the film is they hit their beats and they nailed it every scene they were in they were mm. fantastic uh, one scene i'd like to bring up was uh when when he was in when they were in the bar and he got up and sang that that theater song goodness me that taught god that really hit me and, and i'm not quite mm. sure why uh very emotional part of the movie i felt See, for me, I felt that it was because it's one of the only times that you actually see him in a social environment. Up to this point, the comparisons between the two has been you see a lot of um, 
oh, you see a lot of Scarlett Johansson's family. You see her mother, you see her sister, you see her friends, you see her family, you see her support network. But with Charlie, with Adam Driver, you only see the people he works with. And you don't mm. really see him relax at all. He's always mm. trying to work. And it isn't until that scene that you see a bit of him, as in who he is not in work. Because we all wear many hats. we got, you know, those of us who are work, those of us doing the pod, those of us as parents, those of us with our friends. And so for me, it really hit home because it's the only time up to that point that he's really put his heart out there and his character out there to be seen. And it hits you like a sledgehammer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, I I I thought it was interesting because I had to look it up. I think it was Company was the play. Right. I think it's from yeah. nineteen seventy. Yeah, that they, that they because she uh, um, Nicole and her sisters do that song, and then he does his song. Now I have to say, again, one of these, these things that slightly took me out there, and I could be wrong. Am I right in thinking that they performed that song at the the, the son's birthday party or some kind of event like that? I'm not sure if I was right on that. It was. I can't remember. Yeah, I don't know if it was I, a birthday party or something like that, but the, yeah, was, the, the, the performance yeah. was there. Yeah, and, and there was part of me that felt like, I don't know, their performance, I really kind of, it jarred with me. I just thought, oh. Just, very staged. Yeah, very staged, very kind of like, hey, we're, we're all, you know, we were all actresses or people, yeah, look at us and the family's all there like, oh, this is fantastic. Whereas actually, if that happened in my family, everyone would be like, <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Like, just can we all just get on with our lives, sort of thing? Like, um, and in comparison, and maybe that's just again me bringing my stuff to the film. Um, in comparison to Charlie singing that song and Adam Driver just literally giving it his absolute all, and the way his voice breaks and how authentic it was, that yeah, like you said, Matt, that that got to me in a way that that other. And I don't know whether that was intended or whether that's just me bringing, yeah, like I said, my own kind of um, just baggage to it. But um, so it was it was a perfect counterbalance from my perspective because it almost hit home more because that song, the previous song, just did absolutely nothing for me. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Okay, so we're getting into that stage now where um, I think uh, Andy's right. It is time to go to our recommendations. So I think it would be nice now that there's four of us, which is kind of cool, is that the person who has like the last word on the film and the first word on the film, I think should be the person who recommends it. So Matt, you're going last, my friend. Um, I I need to request that I go after you. Oh, okay. Okay, just so I need to go after you, but I don't mind where I come otherwise. (laughs) No worries. So Sam, kick us off. Kick us off. Um, I'm happy to go first, yeah. Um, For me, um, it's going to be a recommendation. I think I know I'm, I'm sure in future there'll be sort of recommendations with caveats or that sort of thing. For me, I just thought it was a very good movie. And like we've discussed, it, there's so much stuff that you bring to it that it unpacks for yourself as you're watching it. So certainly, yeah, I would recommend I would recommend for me, it wouldn't be something I would typically go out of my way to watch. But I do like the actors. So I kind of uh, knew that I would get something good. Um, but yeah, I, I, I thought it was a really good piece. So yeah. It's a recommendation for me. Okay, cool. So the film itself, like the writing, the acting, uh, even the music, like the beats, the humor, the tragedy, everything in this film is absolutely brilliant. I could not come up 
with a specific criticism overall. Sure, it's got its little niggly bits. Um, again, there's a humor beat when it comes to the expert who's who's watching uh, how the parents interact with their children that doesn't really fit is a little bit jarring. I can let that go because the comedy behind it and the awkwardness is brilliant. Um, I am so glad that I took the time to watch this and it finally came off of my to watch list for this podcast. And I was so captivated by the film itself that I don't think I checked my watch once. And for me, that is a good sign. If it allows me to put my phone down, not check my watch, and I'm just sat there watching it and, and I'm not even thinking about checking Facebook or anything like that at all, I'm having a good time with that film. That being said, I can't recommend it. For me, yeah, I, I know, for, for me, as much as I loved this, I've got to think about it from the point of view of if a busy parent friend of mine or somebody who can only watch one thing that week came up to me and said, I've got, I don't know, this or a marriage story to watch, what would you recommend? I'd have to pick something that I thought would be more entertaining. And for that reason, as a busy parent who runs a business, which is kind of the whole point, I can't recommend it. I, I, if you've got time to watch more than one film, heck yes, go out of your way to watch it. But if you pick in one film a week, watch something that is not this. And it hurts me to say that because I loved this film so, so much. So yeah, and I did not expect that, uh, but I was thinking about it at the end of it. I was like, would I recommend this to my friends? Probably not. I'd talk about how good it is and, and, and hopefully they'll watch it, but I couldn't recommend it to them. Sorry, guys. So, I'm, I'm just going to lead on from that because uh, Damien and I spoke last week at some point, um, shortly after I'd watched the film, and um, uh, I said, oh, my God, it's amazing. Like, that's a definite recommend. And he explained what he's just said to me. And since then and now, I have now changed my mind because actually, uh, Damien, I think you're right. No, I, I think you're right, though, because... I um, I really kind of, I think I spoke to you about an hour after I'd watched the film or something like two or three hours after I'd watched the film or something. And at that point I was, you know, going, this film's like amazing. That's, that's a that's an amazing piece of craftsmanship, you know, really brilliantly put together. But actually I think you're right. You know, if it, it's, it's an emotionally draining film. And I think it's one of those films that afterwards you, you can't just put down. Maybe that's what you want. And so in terms of my recommendation, I think it has to, come with that caveat Sam that 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 yes this is an amazing film if you've got the time to be emotional about it if this if you're looking for a film to watch in a week with the kids or to you know just have a moment to yourself this is not it this is a film that I think it, it's actually had an impact on my go on Damien oh is it <laughs> but it's actually actually had an impact on my life and it's actually you know, made me think beyond. And when I'm laying in bed at night, I'll think about moments from the film. And I think, I don't know, if that's what you want, go for it. Watch this film. It's 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 incredible. But it's hard work afterwards. I don't know how to put it because it's so good. It didn't feel like hard work watching it, but talking about it afterwards, I do feel like it's it's so deep. It's so rich. It's it's yeah. So uh 
I'm, I'm not going to recommend this film if you are looking for one film like Damien said, but I am going to recommend this film if you are looking for something really profound. Way to come down on the fence there, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, please be the voice of reason because it's an amazing film. Go for it, dude. Yeah, I, I, I would recommend this to anyone and I have done. I've been, I've been shouting this, the praise from this film from the rooftop all week. Um, I recommend it to anyone who, 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 who wants something engaging to watch. Um, myself i don't want to watch something that i i forget after the film's finished i i need to have a think about it after and, and that really that really happens with this film it, it's it's stuck with me for days um perhaps you're right i wouldn't recommend it to some of my friends and some of them i have recommended to do turned it off on the first scene um, um including my mum mum if you're listening give it another go but uh, <laughs> Um, so I, I would highly recommend it, and and perhaps I would I would say watch it with your wife and schedule some time in um, to have a conversation after about marriage because um, it it digs Matt, up. Those, those people who turned it off, did they? Do you know why they turned it off? Um, my mum said she 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 um, she didn't like the look of it. She didn't like the characters okay. in the first opening monologue. Fine. Okay. But uh, yeah, you want to delve into the idea of divorce and, and explore it in different ways, then, then this film is a good film to watch. So, so maybe my recommendation is a kind of a sort of like, I'm trying to sucker punch everyone and just be like, yeah, watch <laughs> it. And I want you to try and deal with your life the day after, mm. um, as opposed to you guys being conscientious. Yeah. But, yeah. It, it's important <laughs> to, to think about some of these things, I think. And, uh, and I think cinema is a, a very good vehicle for these, these kind of discussions. Right. I'm, I'm picking a side of the fence now. Uh, I'm, I'm going to recommend this film fully, actually. I want, I want people to see it. I think that, you know, sitting on the fence isn't helpful. I think you guys are completely right. This is, um, it, it's a, a fabulous film. And you know what? If a film could make you question your own life, great who who am i to say don't watch this film because of that fair play i'm gonna stay with my original analogy <laughs> i'm yeah. sticking i'm sticking um yeah um, so... just, just like to, to touch one, on one other thing uh, i thought the mu the the music in the film was tremendous and, absolutely uh, i'm so glad Newman did a great great job at creating this almost um almost like an old French film in certain points, you know, the it, yeah. music was incredible and I highly recommend getting the soundtrack. I've listened to it a few times already. This did feel very um, uh, Woody Allen-esque mm. in terms of its, the way it was put together. And I think the soundtrack really helped that. But the yeah. soundtrack was amazing. Yeah. yeah. I'm actually surprised we haven't talked about that before. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. You know, we're still finding our feet. I think that in the future, something we'll do is that, right, we're going to talk about, um, we're going to talk about how it's shot. We can talk about the, the music and we can talk about the lighting. And so we'll, we'll hit these specific points so we don't miss these things in the future. I could um, talk about this film for another hour, to be honest. This is it. And the only reason that we're going through it now is because we're, 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 we're running over an hour, gents. Um, and, you know, we're going we're gonna to try and keep it short. Although, to be fair, if any of the feedback that we get is, oh, no, 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 you carry on. You talk for three hours. <laughs> sure, we'll, we'll have to adjust our timetable. 
Um, but we, we can definitely talk more, especially now there's four of us for sure. So, uh, Matt, I just, before we go, Matt, I just want to say thank you for, um, for bringing such a profound film to the table, really. It was um, like, I can't remember who said, uh, Sam, I think you said that you wouldn't normally pick a film like this. Um, neither would I, um, but I'm, I'm really glad that I watched it. I feel, I feel like a better person <laughs> I've watched it. <laughs> that sounds so stupid, doesn't it? But I really do, like, I feel like it's kind of, it's actually added something to my life. So thank you for that, I really do appreciate it. Completely, uh, pleasure, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Right. So we have been parents on pictures podcast before we fit. Well, actually, to be fair, this is the closing credits. Don't worry, ladies and gents, we'll get a lot more smooth at this in the future. Um, Andy, where can they find parents on pictures online? Yes. And all that jazz? Yeah. So get onto Facebook, get onto Instagram, um, on YouTube. You can find us on their parents on pictures podcast um on we're most active really on facebook um but get on there and you know we, we just post in bits and pieces film related stuff and it'd be great for some feedback let us know what you think or any suggestions you might have um and then on youtube you can see the uh videos of our lovely beardy faces and uh you know see see what we look like and how we put this together because you know with social distancing and lockdown and everything it's not been it's not been easy so um get on there have a look give us some feedback comment whatever we just we'd love to hear from you awesome and for the audio uh we are on uh, anchor fm which is our hosting platform but we are also on spotify at this point in time and we'll be looking at branching out into other areas as well which will be awesome uh, but you can find us at parents on pictures you type that in we're the literally the only one out there that is even close to that name so you will find us gentlemen you've got 30 seconds to talk about other projects so matt what have you got and where can people find you um so um god um so uh, my company physigo um p-h-y-s-i-g-o uh we're we're gearing up to launch our our first product it's a, a running product that measures form and running technique and that will be coming out in september so uh, physigo.org uh go and check it out we'll talk about it after the pod andy it's a really cool product <laughs> and what are your other projects and where can people find them me oh so i'm uh mitchell yeah, you're sam. sorry you're not sam <laughs> sam me um so you can find uh me and my writing at uh, uh storymex on on twitter and on facebook that's s-t-o-r-y-m-e-c-h-s and i do um uh, interactive story writing there um to be honest having a bit of a challenge with getting into the kind of the right kind of creative groove during lockdown so i'm looking at maybe sort of uh, um, shaking things up a bit um to be honest the pod's been really helpful with this because i'm actually i don't know getting some developing some i don't know looking at these different stories is actually helping me get back into kind of the creativity um but yeah if you enjoy um uh, interactive stories and things like that then do hit me up on there and andy Sorry, I jumped in too early. Uh, I, was, so, I was really rude, so I apologize. Crack <laughs> on, dude. Uh, Mitchell Digital Media. Uh, you can find me on Facebook and YouTube and Instagram, whatever. I'm um, branching out into online um, social media and digital media management. Um, you know, just managing social media is actually way more boring than it sounds, but it's, 
it's it's good I, I like it because I'm nerdy and I, I like looking at data all day long but yeah <laughs> so you can find us all over social media awesome gentlemen it has been an absolute pleasure thank you very much for all of you for coming along and ladies and gentlemen we'll catch you on the next podcast if you want to uh, catch up with our schedule because we're going to be doing monthly schedules of what we're going to be covering then hit us up on facebook we'll post it all over there other than that everybody say bye-bye now thanks guys bye now bye-bye Ooh, that was dangerous.